are the Hallmarkies podcast, and we're so excited to be here. We are talking postables today. It's so fun. Jill and Amber's here. Hello, everybody. And we have a special guest. We have Postables blogger Shandell here. She's the uh, the blogger behind Alameda and Downing, uh, the Postables blog. And she's awesome. And thanks so much, Shandell, for joining us. Thank you so much for covering the show. I'm really excited to chat with some fellow Postables fanatics. Yeah, this is going to be really great. So why don't you introduce yourself to our uh, our audience? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Shandell Charles. Um, I'm the Alameda and Downing blog dedicated to signs still delivered uh, for about three years now. Um, I started it just sort of on a whim and it sort of blew up and became a home for all things signs still delivered. And I've enjoyed being able to talk about it and everyone that's sort of come up around the blog and I'm excited to talk with you two about it today. We're so, we're so glad. I, I started blogging before I started podcasting. So I love bloggers. I still, still blog. So a special nice. place in my heart for bloggers. But um, so, yeah, so you've been a fan from the very beginning? Oh, more or less. Um, I'll say I, I have been more or less from the beginning, but most postables who follow the blog sort of know that um, I was not a huge fan of the pilot when it came out. Mm-hmm. But when but the reason was had more to do with sort of where my heart was at the time than with the show itself. And so I sort of kind of went underwent sort of a, religious transformation, if you want to call it that, but I um, sort of rededicated my life to Christ, and I started to see the show a lot differently mm-hmm. after the fact, and so the pilot came across as a completely new story to me, and I just sort of fell in love with it all over again, and when I started the blog, it was about, I don't know, about two years after the pilot aired, and that's my first movie that I covered was From Paris with Love, so uh, more or less, I've kind of had an interesting sort of start relationship with the show, but sort of since maybe about 2014, 2015, it's sort of been my, my heart, I guess you could say. Did you watch from the, the beginning of the series? Yeah, um, we, I, I remember my family and I, my parents and I watched the pilot, pilot TV movie. We really loved it. And then we're like, and it's going to be a series. And we were so excited. We watched it every week together. Like it was family programming for me and my parents. And then they canceled the show and we were so mad. And then they, you know, had the Christmas movie and we were like, well, where's, where's the TV series? And then it came, became movies. So we really liked it. But yeah, we were, you know, postables from the beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here's my scandalous reveal. So I had heard that it was really good, but I'm pretty sure that I watched When Calls the Heart instead and thought it was Science Seal Delivered because I thought Ooh. that it was a show from like the past. And uh, and even going into this, I was like, oh, that show's kind of boring. And th- sorry, that's kind of what I think about When Calls the Heart. And, uh, and so I'm pretty sure that I had watched When Calls the Heart and thought it was Science Seal Delivered, got it confused. And so I never watched it because I... Th- I th- I thought it was boring and uh but now that i've watched it uh starting last year I, I i watched the first one i watched was the home again and then i watched uh higher ground and then i went back and watched the whole thing and it was so good i loved it so much when you started that's the one thing i love about the postables is it really does not matter when you started loving the show you come in on equal footing like there's mm-hmm. no oh we were here first there's none of that there's you love the postables so why let's talk 
and you can really start anytime and still enjoy it. Like you don't have to, like each episode really does stand on its own as a, as a complete mm-hmm. story, I feel like. Yeah, and I feel like, like what you said about the postables being, you know, not like, you're not a real fan. Because that's a thing in a lot of fandoms where people are like, whatever, you didn't read all of the comic books or whatever. <laughs> the, the postables fans are just like, thank you for loving this show. Let's all love it together. And yeah. I think it's partly because of what the show's about. And the message that it has underneath it. But also, just, I don't know. It's not like a competitive environment. Like, I'm a bigger fan than you are. Uh, it's, I don't know. I just really like that about this yeah. this fandom in general. I've yeah. been in other fandoms where that was sort of a thing. I actually used to be a TV blogger for a while. And, you know, it was in that highly competitive environment of, well, I've met more celebrities than you. And I've seen more shows than you. And I was here from the beginning. So... I mean, that's why I love it so much, is that it's the complete opposite vibe. What do you think is the main appeal to this series, to the show, for, for you or for the Postables in general? I think it's the storytelling. I think one of the things that Martha really does well is that she has a specific message that she's trying to convey, but she doesn't preach it at you. Mm-hmm. The people are real. They deal with real issues. And they do so in a way that's humorous and touches your heart and that you can connect with. I think that's really what is so great about Martha Williamson's writing. And then also about the actors that sort of came, to, like, came together to sort of make this very cohesive unit. So I think it's kind of the magic of both of those things, plus the storytelling and sort of this premise of being from the post office and sort of bringing back this sort of you know, old school vibe of the written word. And I think people really are connecting to some of those like old nostalgic things. So I think there's, you know, a lot of different, um, like, reasons that people are really just kind of falling in love with it and with the characters. Like like you said, I mean, I feel like, you know, it really does harken back to a time when things were simpler and slower and less, you know, I'm going to send 17 text messages to my friend if they don't answer me within the next two minutes, you know. Um, And Oliver, you know, always talks about it being like, a contract and they're putting faith in the postal service to get this precious item. Um, and I mean, it's so amazing how, how faith is such a central part of this show. And it's not in a way like, Oh, well it's about angels or, Oh, it's about, you know, putting this in your face in a way that's not super relatable. I feel like a lot of times Christian shows try to make it be like, a little bit too sensational to try to make things more whatever accessible I guess except for it does the opposite where the faith elements of this show come from the characters living their own truths you know right. like Oliver has his faith and I feel like it's so refreshing to see some character have that much faith and just live it and express it and see how it's such a positive influence in the world around him, even though all the people around him are already great, um, his bold, you know, profession, professions of his faith really just are remarkable in this world. Like, you never see that on anywhere. He struggles, too. Like, what we see, we see him, like, you know, first off with Holly, like, you can tell he's sort of trying to lean towards shame in a certain sense, but he's so 
um, like steadfast in his belief that, you know, mm-hmm. he's married and that's who he is right now until the ring is off of his finger. And we waited a long time to see that, but we saw him sort of struggle with, you know, really trying to walk out, you know, his faith and then sort of these new things about himself and the world around him that he was starting to sort of discover. And I think that's really awesome. Uh, that's the thing I was most impressed about the show was how it managed to balance those themes of faith and do it in a way that felt uh, non-judgmental. That's very difficult to do. Christian content, faith-based films, faith-based content, they want it to be a source of ministry, which is admirable and understandable. And, you know, I, I can understand. But in the attempt to minister sometimes it can elevate the believer over the non-believer and it can make the non-believer uh it, it could seem like the villain and uh and and that's obviously not reality <laughs> that's not right. true and uh and so i think what it does i was so impressed especially in the christmas episode christmas movie uh how they were able to talk about it in such a nuanced and uh and touching way that's extremely difficult <laughs> to pull off yeah. that it, it, it's just it's just tough so uh yeah i think they that's one of my favorite things about the show and also just i i think the cast is just so adorable every single one of them is just so cute so <laughs> they did a good job <laughs> yeah the and was spot on. i mean and as somebody who watched uh, ugly betty all those see all the seasons he, uh, that uh, Eric was on it, I would not have guessed him to be this kind of this kind of role, really, because he was more like the slick kind of right. slick character in that show. And I mean, I guess in uh, How to Fall in Love, he's more of the more like mm-hmm. Oliver. But um, yeah. uh, but I don't know. So it's it's interesting. They they had some sort of vision, I think, that they saw in these characters that these actors that weren't necessarily part of their filmography right yeah so and and if you guys listening have not listened to our interview with crystal Lowe, who plays rita definitely make sure to check that out because uh we we had so much fun we actually got a chance to interview a number of people that have appeared on science Hill delivered we interviewed tammy gillis and we interviewed uh kimberly sested and we interviewed andrew brooks and i believe all three of them were on science Hill delivered so yes it's pretty were. fun yeah so we've been pretty lucky <laughs> with that. That's awesome. So, all right. So here we've now gotten to this latest movie called uh, Science Hill Delivered to the Altar. What are your overall thoughts about, about, this, about this film? Amber? It was incredible. Like, really, honestly, all Science Hill Delivered movies are. And I know it sounds pandering because we're doing the podcast about it, but I don't pander. Rachel knows yeah, this. No, this is true. Um, they, all of the movies are just so well done. The scripts are incredible. Martha Williamson has such an incredible vision for where she wants characters to go. Um, and they always are portrayed so organically. It's re- like, honestly, I could watch them solve the, I don't know, any crime, not crime, any, any letter. Letter mystery. Yeah. Letter mystery. Um, and it would be amazing because the characters are just so relatable. It's like watching a wholesome big brother because it feels like they're really real people, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
this was so delightful. I only have one critique that we'll talk about towards the end of the show, uh, but it was amazing. I loved it. I mean, there were so many adorable moments that I was just like crushing on big time. It was so let me ask you, how many times did you cry during this episode movie? <laughs> many times. Many. <laughs> Shandell, did you cry at all? Did. So there's several <laughs> points at which, you know, it just really touched me in, in some way that just really I couldn't help but react to. Yeah. Yeah. What was your overall thoughts about this one, Shandell? It was a beautiful movie. When you spent as much time with this show and these characters as I have, and as so many postables have, it's very, it's very hard not to just immediately be invested and just emotionally connect with the ways that these stories sort of have played out over the course of the entire series and how sort of some, many of those things sort of culminated right here in to the altar. And it, it's also one thing that was really important to Martha that I've heard her speak about is that this movie was written for us as, as fans. It was written for us to sort of, you know, tie up, you know, sort of any loose ends, you know, on the off chance, you know, we don't get to see them again, but also leave open that really bright future um, for all of the characters. And it was just very beautiful how she did it and how many pieces of herself sort of became part of the script as well. So uh, that's kind of maybe talking a little bit about one of my critiques, but uh, so how did you feel? Did this feel like a finale to you? Did it feel like a finale to you, Amber? Um, it definitely felt like it could be a finale and I would be okay with that, I suppose. That's not to say that, I mean, like I rabidly would like more movies. <laughs> like, yeah. mm -hmm. like, let's just be Garage Sale Mysteries and have four Seinfeld delivered movies in April. Doesn't that sound lovely? Right. Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. Here for um, it. But I mean, cause they're just such incredible shows. Um, anyway, but no, yeah, it did feel like if this was the last movie that I could be okay with it. Cause I know that all of the characters are going to be happy and taken care of, but I can watch people who are happy solve letter mysteries all day <laughs> yeah all day absolutely. it here's the thing so like my only <laughs> my only critique is that i feel like so they were kind of like at the end they were like oh here's somebody from like there was even a, a, a point where one of the girls was like look here's this person they helped and here's this person they helped here's this person they helped and i feel like i wish that the last movie had been rita and norman's wedding so they could have just had their moment and even have the proposal and then then do the finale episode finale movie i don't know i kind of was like i wish that wasn't all being sort of packed in to rita and norman's wedding oh really it didn't um, really feel like a, it didn't really feel like a finale to me oddly enough and i told a lot of people this higher ground if anything really struck me as sort of an end it had you know, sort of um, Norman and Rita, you know, kind of that first engagement, and then Sheena and Oliver sort of professing their love for one another, and that, to me, it just felt like a closed book, like that was it, we've got everybody where they need to go, and then they got these three movies, it sort of allowed them to sort of, at least Shane and Oliver, to transition into that space that Norman and Rita had just sort of left with their engagement, so they got to be a couple for a little bit, 
then the road less traveled was specifically designed for them to sort of investigate kind of the nature and strength of their relationship independently mm -hmm. and then this is where to the altar was sort of where we got to see them sort of enter those kind of final phases of that but it was really an open door as opposed mm -hmm. to a shut one because now we've got rita and norman married and now we have the possibility of shane and oliver you know walk, you know making their own trip down the aisle and there's so many people have said it you know um amber <laughs> just totally said it hey, there is so much more that happy people can do. And I think that's what I'm excited about is it would be yeah. to see them sort of be these happy whole individuals and then sort of take that out into the world around them um, in sort of a new or different way that maybe we haven't seen yet. Something, this is one critique I have for Hallmark, which is I think they feel like people don't care about the story really past the engagement. And if they care about yeah. it, it's only up to the altar, which I think is patently untrue. I mean, mm -hmm. almost every sitcom in the history of sitcoms involves a married couple. Like, yeah, you, right. you want to see people being happy and dealing with real life, but still finding hope and joy and love in the journey. Like, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, not every person who watches Hallmark movies are single 30-something-year-old ladies. Like, sure, <laughs> I fit that demographic, but I guarantee you, I'm in the minority like yeah. let's be real yeah yeah i mean in fairness most of the times hallmark has tried to do sequels that haven't really worked very well but i believe in martha that she would make it work and she would tell a good right. story and so i really hope but it was just kind of it was a little bit stressful actually to maybe it was just because i was live too but it's a little bit stressful to watch because i'm like so happy but then there'd be these things that were like, oh no, and then I'd be happy, and then oh no, and then happy, and then oh no. And so that was kind of <laughs> like, I'm like, couldn't we have saved this for another movie and uh, and kind of just focused on Rita and Norman's wedding? But like I, I said, do want to say, I do want to say, I kind of wish Oliver had not put on the green tie until Ooh. after they had exchanged their vows. Yeah. Really? It was yeah, such just because. Just because I mean, I was like, yay, how cute, it's so adorable, oh my goodness. But a part of me was like, but Shane's now not focusing on her best friend getting married. She's all like, oh my gosh, she's wearing the ugly green tie. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. And of course, Norman and Rita will be happy for them, and they will never say anything about that or think anything about it. But me, myself, I just kind of wish Shane could have been there wholly in the moment just for Rita. That's fair. That's fair. It was like, a, I, I, Shandell does not agree. I, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about it because I mean, how the story, like kind of the flow of the story. And I think one of the things that I really liked about that moment was that it was sort of that like piece it was like the, you know, this kind of could happen because when you walk through this story with Shane, you see her trying on that wedding dress, which is sort of like the sort of unexpressed desire that she has to sort of be married. Yeah. And she kind of gives that up for a second when she tries to unbutton the dress and then he buttons it back up. Like, that. no, this is a good fit for you. Being married is a good fit for you. And so she's kind of going back and forth kind of throughout the film as he's contemplating and sort of ignoring her in the process, I guess. And then for her to see that, I think was very reaffirming for her actually, that maybe that was a possibility because he had never worn a green tie before, didn't when his previous marriage to Holly, three hours later, they were at the courthouse. She didn't, he didn't propose. 
so I think that it was actually sort of a like a reaffirming moment for her kind of in the middle of this other beautiful moment you know of her best friend getting married so I think they were kind of two really beautiful things that's happening at once and then we got to see them get engaged after all the other wedding guests had left mind you I know there are a lot of people that are like etiquette says you shouldn't be at the wedding and you know propose to someone which I wholly agree with but they made it a point to wait until sort of everyone else was gone and they came into sort of like an empty room with just their friends. I know he didn't propose till everything was over, but, right, but the green tie, and I, you know, the green I, tie I I was basically like, watch out girl, this is happening. And <laughs> yeah, like, obviously as a viewer, I was like, oh my goodness, watch out girl, this is happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but part of me, like it also distracted me a little bit from being yeah. like, oh yay, Norman and Rita. And I feel yeah. like a lot of the time they do get shuffled off the background, and so it would have been nice to let them have their, you know, home wedding montage, and then the green tie comes out. Yeah. Like, imagine Oliver, like, leaves for a minute and comes out with the green tie after changing out of his bow tie after, like, while everyone's dancing. Whoa. That would have been still good. At the screening, though, it was really funny. I was so absorbed in the story. I didn't even see the green tie. It was everybody else who was like, oh my gosh, he's wearing the green tie. I was so absorbed. It's like, ooh, the wedding is happening. This is going to be amazing and beautiful and profound. But it was everyone else who was like, oh my gosh, hi. Like, they were really waiting for Oliver to propose. And I'm just like, here all about the story. Hmm. So I kind of see what you mean, though, about the distraction. About the green tie, I literally squealed, like, audibly, like, <laughs> It was pretty bad, but yeah, it was, it it was very- Yeah, I mean, I saw the green tie and I instantly burst into tears, but like, (laughs) still, it's, uh, I mean, but let's be honest, when we think about Norman and Rita's wedding, we don't think about, like, what are we talking about? We're talking about the green tie. (laughs) We're not even talking about, like, Norman's face when he saw Rita walking down the aisle. We're we're like- who cares? We saw. We want to see Shane's face when she sees that green tie. Like, it's. I. I don't know if I'd go quite that. I still thought it was pretty right. memorable. But. But yeah, I get your point. I get your point. So okay. So it started out with this voiceover narration from Oliver, and he said that he said the stamp is the smallest contract in the world. A promise that if you believe in it, it, it will. De- if you believe in it, we will deliver it somehow, some way. Because we know if that contract is broken, hearts can be broken. So what did you think of this opening, Amber? I really liked it. I mean, I feel like, does every movie open with an Oliver Wisdom monologue? I don't know. No, it does not. It does? The pilot doesn't. The pilot starts with um, Kelly pulling up to the um, train station or whatever about to leave and gets her letter off. But when she gives a letter to the guy, then his first, like, sort of monologue begins about talking about the letters. And, you know, I wonder who sent the first letter, blah, 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 and it goes from there. Okay. Well, I mean, it just felt, because I just barely misremembered, it just felt like it harkened back to the origins of, Mm -hmm. of, like, Science Still Delivered. It felt very, very great. Yeah, it was one of those, the very first things where I was like, oh no, this sounds like a goodbye. Like there were so many things where I was like, oh no, oh no. But, uh, but it was really sweet and very moving. And I never have thought of a stamp as a contract. And so it was, it was very good. So, all right. And then we have this delightful scene with uh, Shane giving Rita a girl's gift, being uh, one, last week of being single gift, which I hope someday to receive a last week of being <laughs> 
Yes. That's my new goal. Um, but this was pretty funny because, uh, yeah, because Shane is, you know, giving her the feather boa and like talking to her about getting her some slinky stuff. That was pretty funny. What do you think about that, Chanel? It, it, it's sort of, it's sort of, a, it definitely is sort of that Shane moment. She's sort of that, Rita is just so innocent that that's not even like sort of her first thought. And she kind of has to like catch up with Shane, but Shane sort of has a very clear idea of like what this means and what the girls' night should be like. And it just, it's kind of their relationship a little bit. There's just sort of this innocence on Rita's part that, you know, yeah. kind of comes out when, you know, Shane seems more worldly or just knows more about men. You'll hear Rita comment from time to time. And it's just kind of that dynamic you're seeing play out in sort of a cute way. Yeah, it's really cute. I, I liked it very much. Amber? Yeah, and that was also kind of a funny juxtaposition to compare Shane being like, oh, we're going to buy you something, something. <laughs> and Oliver and Norman's cute little talk about going to the movies. Yeah, that was so yeah. cute. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. They'll, <laughs> yeah, I loved it when he was like, there's like, I've got plenty to learn already on my honeymoon. <laughs> About the, yeah, after the canoe, he's like, um, I cannot swim. I've previously been known not to drive. And here we go. Like, here's more things that I'm not going to learn. And who knew that foster care was so great for planning weddings? Like, this is very... <laughs> All the, cous- all the cousins, I mean, that's like the longest running joke that this series has, is how many cousins does Norman really have? <laughs> 37 cousins, yeah. Seven, yeah, so they finally got a solid number because Rita didn't even know in The Road Less Travel, there was some question about, do you even know how many, you know, cousins he has? She's like, I don't think Norman knows. Well, they knew, they had a solid number this time. It was, that was a lot of fun, and yeah, it was very, that was the most, maybe the most hallmarky thing that they have ever done in the series was just, like, all of the things going wrong getting to the wedding, like, the minister getting, getting measles, and the, like, that all felt straight out of a hallmark rom-com, which I'm all about and very much enjoyed. It's also something that Martha kind of, um, a lot of this wedding stuff was based on a book that she wrote called Inviting God to Your Wedding. And one of the things that she really um, points to in that book is like, when you get to the altar, like that is the most important thing. Everything else yeah. can go pop, like can go completely wrong. But if you invite God to the wedding, you know, he's going to stay for your marriage. And that's like the most important thing, like out of everything else. So it really doesn't matter if you have everything, like flowers and DJ and all this stuff. Like the important thing is that what you're doing on that day and yeah. that the gift at the end of the aisle is your spouse. That's and right. so I really like that she kind of got a, a chance to, um, you know, weave that in and all these little, you know, silly things that were sort of going wrong and all the like literally craziest ways, kind of hallmarky ways, as you say, um, that she was kind of getting that message in underneath as well. Yeah, that was really good. I like that very much. And I loved the whole little, I love like flirty scenes with couples, like they go on cute little dates or they're like flirty in these movies. And I love the scene when, when Shane's like, I could, uh, was, I love it when you get all Miss McInerney on me. McInerney on, <laughs> McInerney me. on me. That was so cute. That whole scene I thought was really good. And I loved the scene when she's trying, so she's trying on this wedding dress that she had, that had was lost and she tries it on. And when he like just comes behind her, it kind of reminded me of in When Calls the Heart in the Christmas movie when Jack just is behind Elizabeth and like both both scenes I thought were just like super swoon worthy and this was super swoon worthy too I thought very romantic I don't um know. I almost I swooned when there was a 
pocket in that wedding dress. <laughs> I was like, yeah, wedding dress, have a pocket. <laughs> because as everyone should know, every dress should have pockets. Yeah. I'm pro pockets. Rachel, you know this. Yes. Yeah. No, we were That's both awesome. equally part of the pro- I feel like pocket. I'm a little more pro pocket than you. <laughs> Trust me, in my real life, I yearn for pockets. But uh, but yeah. Okay, hold on, real quick, Shandell, what are you, what's your pocket stance? Pockets are cute. Okay, I think there's like I think there's something there's such a utility to pockets in general. Now I don't know like in dresses, I think it's cool. I don't know about a wedding dress though. I could see the benefit of it in some cases, but I don't know if that's like a me. I don't know if I would do pockets. I mean, it would really depend on the dress. I just can't see any period in my life where I'd be like, man, I wish this didn't have a pocket. pocket. I'm going to always be like, I I wish there were some pockets. Yeah. Always. For sure. We also find out, before we talk about the letter, we find out that Rita's mother has passed away. So that's very sad. Uh, Was was that, do you think that was, they had to do that because of an actor thing or was it just they wanted to work it in part of the plot? don't know i would think that maybe i mean there were it was packed with so many people and so many things that you know in the event that they could you know they, even with carol burnett and all of that i mean if that was the chance that maybe they couldn't get um mm-hmm. colleen camp to come back i could see that's how they would handle it but and this might be um, in like an unpopular opinion but i also think it kind of matured rita in sort of a way that mm-hmm. i wasn't anticipating and yeah. it really allowed her to sort of be compassion, like have compassion for and really empathize uh, with Jessica, like in, right. in the course of the, um, like the letter mystery. And she sort of brought a little bit of a gravity of really remembering people who, you know, in general in life, like aren't there for those really big moments. Yeah. So it was kind of a nod to them to sort of say, hey, we remember you too, sort of in these really happy times and that they're not always just 100% like amazing and fun and all, mm-hmm. you know, that you're also wanting to remember that person. Because remember, she honored her with that dress, you know, the no bigger than a postage stamp and with a, you know, um, was it a veil you know, longer than the dress. So I think, you know, that could have been a, you know, and we can't get Colleen Camp to come back, but I really like sort of the impact it had on the story and on yeah. sort of Rita's development in the course of the, the narrative. The fact that we're not sure if it was an unavailability of the character or if it was just the way that Martha felt the story needed to go really speaks to the fact that regardless it was a good job because right i mean i don't feel like i was cheated out of anything i felt like you know like you said like rita grew it really allowed her to relate to jessica to the letter mystery it was uh, it was beautifully done so i uh, i really i mean great job yeah so the they find this letter in the dress and uh, it is a mother writing to her daughter, sending her the dress, and they start to uh, to break it down. What did you think, first of all, just of this dress? Did you like it, not like it? What did you think? I, just sort of for its simplicity and sort of its history, I think is what, I think it's probably what I liked about it most. I don't know that I would choose it for me, and I just sort of loved how it fits, you know, how it fits. Jane, how it ended up fitting Jessica like it was, it was just kind of a beautiful dress in its simplicity I don't know that I'd choose it for myself but it kind of yeah. had the classic vibe that really you know said oh you know mm-hmm. I, you know I like that yeah Amber what do you think I don't feel that I loved the top of the dress so much I mean the bottom of the dress like the cut and the 
the uh, you know design of the lower half of the dress uh-huh. was great we're talking about the male dress right yeah yeah the male okay dress. just yeah. making sure <laughs> Because there was no bottom half of Rita's dress. I felt like the Let's bodice was a little strange. And it maybe it was just because the first time we saw it, it was on Shane and it was meant to fit that other girl a little bit better. But I felt like it like puffed a little weird. Mm-hmm. But overall, yeah. I thought it was nice. And I really liked the drape on the back. I thought that was yeah, very that was elegant fine. and lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that uh, it's not... I, I I obviously like I wouldn't I'm not as confident in my back I guess to, to show that much but but it was very pretty I thought the back in particular was was very pretty mm-hmm. so okay so anyway they start on this mystery of this dress and they go to the dress designer who I thought was really cute this 96 year old designer who bonds with Rita mm-hmm. and they she agrees to make Rita her dress so that was really fun and we also find out that Rita has been struggling to reach Norman's grandma. Uh, it was played by Carol Burnett. Uh, the letters keep getting returned. And then all these other things keep happening. Problems with the flowers, problems with the minister. And uh, so those kind of things happen. And they finally get to this hotel uh, where the the main part of the unraveling of the mystery kind of occurs and they meet this man who is i don't know you wouldn't call him a waiter but like it's more fancy than that but but anyway who's there at the uh at the hotel and uh he tells them about this mother and this daughter uh that used to come there all the time anyway they 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 break it down what did you think about this whole sort of case, I guess? Amber? I really enjoyed it. It was great. I like that it dealt with saying that, like, you know, facing your struggles, and, you know, in this case, it was obviously mental illness, but your struggles, whatever they may be, it takes courage and strength, and I I love that they acknowledged that. I, I thought that the mystery itself built quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed you know, another facet of Oliver being a fancy gentleman of tea knowledge. Um, Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it worked very well with, you know, the actual plot. And I just liked it a lot. Yeah. Shandell, what do you think? Yeah. Just like Amber said, for the way that it sort of, um, you know, connected the letter mystery and sort of the things that the postables are sort of preparing for this wedding and how those things sort of came together. I really like this mother-daughter story. I like that the daughter sort of took what her mother taught her to sort of give strength to other young women sort of in the young, through her young adult novels. Um, even when she didn't have all the questions sort of answered about her relationship with her mom. And I really liked that they, you know, were able to hit on sort of like the, the mental health and, and the struggle that it, it can be for people. I by the reveal. I, I thought it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. And because basically like what ends up happening is it, the, the mother has been telling her daughter about all of these adventures that she's going on when in reality, she's at like a mental health treatment place mm-hmm. <laughs> getting help. And she ends up going there and she's like getting help and she feels, she begins to feel that, uh, that her daughter is better having these these 
having these adventure stories these illusions of her mom than like dealing with this broken and her ideas her mind this broken version of a mom and uh, that was pretty devastating uh, and it's obviously not the case that like we're better having people with mental health in our lives issues than not having them in our lives but i but i can understand how somebody could believe that and that would be dev you know that would be devastating and and because uh, there's just still this horrible stigma out there and uh and so that was i was shocked that she was working in the hotel that was very surprising to me i like that part that she was sort of like right there sort of hovering you know in a way she's mm -hmm. just kind of right there that she was present at the wedding you know she watched through what was at the kitchen door i think there was sort of really this message about how sometimes we undervalue ourselves as as moms or as women um you know when we go through struggles or have a broken piece we don't see the strength in it even though there's an incredible amount of strength to sort of be honored and celebrated there and i feel like the, the show didn't either approve or condemn her for doing this mm -hmm. like it's obviously not a good thing what she did uh but it's also under i guess it's understandable how she could feel that way and make this incorrect choice and i felt like that's kind of how they treated it which i appreciated yeah i, well, I think one of the things that the show does very well is it doesn't dwell on where people have been it says mm -hmm. you know the road took you here what are you going to do from this point forward yeah. is a lot of the times, you know, because we're dealing with people having sent letters and they're not getting there for 30 years or or whatever the case may be, you know, people's pasts and their journeys or their journeys and their paths, but they need to, you know, come forward from this point trying to make the best choices that they can. Right. And I feel like that's part of why the show is so, can deal with all of these really intense things and very you know, sensitive things is because they always come out in the end saying, there's hope. Whatever you decide to do, that's your hope. Whatever, yeah. however you go forward, that's, you know, where you'll be. Yeah. And for the most part, I mean, I, yeah. I guess there have been a few episodes with like, for instance, the, the rapist in the Kimbo says, obviously he's the villain, but like in most of these, there isn't really like a villain there's like people that have are misunderstood miscommunicated made poor choices you know that kind of a thing which is really interesting and t hard to write and uh and then this there was no hero and villain there were just complex complex people there was too which is the episode you're referring to because remember he ended up giving the kidney to the daughter mm -hmm. so i mean even in the end he you know he wasn't necessarily a villain he ended up being able to save you know the daughter's life with yeah yeah that's fair that's fair too. talk about the green ties tradition this was pretty fun amber why don't you explain to everybody what what that was all about all right so in o'toole lore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay so o'toole lore i'll start out the same um so i think it's like the 18 something so uh russell bennett was in love with um a well-to-do woman and um, he was just the postmaster, so he was kind of embarrassed that he didn't have sort of the same station. And um, one day, a gentleman, uh, was it gentleman Suter, a rival Suter, uh, was going towards Letitia Hep Hepplewhite's house, uh, I guess with the intent to propose. And 
Russell knew that if he didn't do something immediately, that he was going to lose her. So he borrows a tie from, um, I think, the guy who is chewing his horse and goes and runs and says, um, don't look at my tie, look in my eyes. Um, if you, you know, I will love you forever if you'll marry me. <laughs> and I'll never wear the tie again. For the situation. <laughs> and apparently that's why O'Toole's don't wear a green tie when they propose. But, um, Letitia said no, or if that means that because he only had to wear it once because he never proposed again, like if that's sort of the situation. But anyways. I had a happy ending. How dare I know, you? That's what I feel like too, <laughs> too, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It all kind but of. But now was a I really do. So much of me wants to go back and watch every single episode and every scene and check and see if he has a green tie ever. Done a lot of wardrobe posts, and here there was one other time that he had a green tie, but it had, but it was striped. It was not like the plaid that I think he ended up with in this one. It wasn't an it was ugly striped. green tie. No, it wasn't an intentionally ugly green tie. It was, um, you know, um, expertly sort of Oliver, you know, mm. streamlined with the wardrobe. Well, situation. I can state as a fact that he had a green tie on for the Christmas episode, but I guess okay. we'll let that slide. There you go. How, do you mean he had it? Would you, would you categorize it as ugly? No, and I didn't really even think that one, the one he had on, was that ugly, to be completely honest. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I really wish it had been like a truly hideous green tie. Yeah. Don't you wish? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like green and orange and like brown and like other green and just like hideous. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. It sounds like a hideous tie right there. It would have well, been, been so good. really funny if it was like, I don't know, just something so not Oliver. That would have been funny. Like, if he'd had like a, a Laker basketball tie or something like that, you know, they have that kind of stuff, just something totally not him. That would have been kind of funny. Remember, he's like, I would have chosen something a bit more. So he felt like it was not him tie. So it's almost like, <laughs> it's fair. almost like Papa Joe trolled him and got like, be what a tie he absolutely knew Oliver would consider ugly. And yeah. was like, you're going to wear this. Cause he's the one who put it in the, in the pocket. So, you know, unless this is a tie that's passed down, which it very well could have been. And I don't yeah. think we ever kind of get an answer to that, but you know. He might have really just, Papa O'Toole might have just been trolling him really hard. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and I did like he says uh, at one point to Norman, he says that he's been busy contemplating the preponderance of marchaic and mystifying wedding superstitions, which I said on Twitter, I've just been through June Brides, so I also have it. <laughs> I can relate I can't to do this anymore. Only because you know, when they set up something in an episode, like a word or a phrase, like contemplative, it gets used multiple times. And so it's, it, there's sort of like a code sort of underneath it. And of course, we sort of, you know, see him like really thinking and you know that it's a process he's already sort of started beforehand. Otherwise, he would have never used the word contemplative. I've been contemplative <laughs> rather than distracted. So that's what I think is really interesting about it is that so somewhere in that episode, something changed and it sort of became more urgent for him. And that's why you sort of see him descend into sort of this like complete distractedness. He's worried about shrimp sauce on everything, coasters, like all this stuff. He's just so not focused. I do want to say though, for real, when I was watching this, when he was like, what's the deal with the something old, something borrowed, something blue thing? I was like, um, of all the people in the universe who would know what that is, it would be Oliver O'Toole. Like, right, am I wrong? Exactly. Yeah, but no, you're totally right. Wikipedia says that the superstition comes from Lancashire County in England 
since like the 1880s and it was to pr provide protection for a baby to come hmm. um and that it actually ends after something blue and a silver sixpence in her shoe oh, oh yeah that's right glad they got rid of that one that sounds painful like you would really care about a penny in your shoe rachel <laughs> well Come silver on. piece i don't know that sounds bigger i was thinking yeah so bigger. it would be even it would just be more surface area and less irritating i'll fight you i'll fight you about this <laughs> that's so funny wedding shoes are already uncomfortable as it is but all right so here we go so we also have uh rita's dad and uh oliver's dad are both kind of there and rita's dad has been making this canoe for them which was yes. hilarious uh because norma does not know how to swim and <laughs> for rita is just i feel like there's just going to be no end to the sort of revelations of things that norman is embarrassed about that he can't do uh what but uh because you know last the last movie it was all kind of about although that. if you're right about this being a finale then i guess that is the end yeah well i'm, I'm wah, wah. my fantasy hey he'll relationship live in, he'll live on in fan fiction let me tell you yeah yeah, yeah that's right something there's that's... some fanfic writers out there that will resolve that issue for you like yeah. they will continue <laughs> to live trust me yeah let us know if you're listening fanfic writers let us know who you are because i want to read it uh so okay i'm one of them and i know all of the others and also <laughs> fanfic writers that are out there please feel free to write some fan fiction about when calls the heart where world war one happens yes please <laughs> okay so then we find out that rita's mother was making this uh was she was a weaver and she was making this uh blanket on the loom and uh, we end up at the bachelor party. We, we end up that there's the cake and everything, which is pretty scandalous for Hallmark. But who pops out of the cake? It's yeah. a screen with Carol Burnett. So grandma <laughs> yes. is there. So that's pretty, pretty exciting. And, uh, and this is, uh, so it was very sweet. So Carol Burnett's character is like living in, in with this tribe or whatever and helps, the, her, helps Rita's father to finish the blanket from her mother so that was very sweet but <laughs> some of the some of the tribal antics i thought was a little broad it was a little like these are like real cultures and like it was a little much i thought like i don't know yeah, like carol burnett can sell it because she's carol burnett but if it hadn't been her it was a little broad for me I just loved the fact that she, they basically just had her on the set from between two ferns and like, <laughs> she was just hanging out in some black room with just like random pots. Like, it was so funny. Like, could yeah. they have at least made her in like a wood room? Like, I don't know. It was so, it was so funny. I like, it was not distracting for me, but it was, it was so funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> they shot it separately in LA, actually. Of course. So that's yeah. why, is that she wasn't, yeah, so she was not actually like there. She was, there's a version of the script, I believe, where she was maybe supposed to actually be at the wedding, but they ran into some things. Um, mm -hmm. And so they weren't able to do that. But um, yeah, and it's actually kind of funny. The second time around, there is a cameo by one of Martha's daughters. She's, uh, Con what is it, Constantina or whoever, who the yak milk bit and the <laughs> loud 
you know, the, the like tribal strange or whatever, the sacred yak milk or the, you know, whatever there was that was that but it was very sweet her dad making that blanket mm-hmm. that was very touching mm-hmm. i was a little worried they were trying to make yeah, like barry bostwick and carol burnett fall in love on skype but i'm glad it didn't go there but i was a little bit like uh too soon guys <laughs> too soon. <laughs> no i i think it was i think what it was is that it was actually more of a testament to sort of the fact that even in her passing that sunny was still weaving their family mm-hmm. together you know that when you get married two become one you know and yeah. that includes yeah. the families and i think that's kind of what that was a nod to because you know he was clearly still grieving his wife you know he was looking at that loom and was like you know the one thing that you know she sort of left you know, undone, and Joe came to her and said, well, you know, if that's the only thing she didn't finish, then, you know, you were blessed, and so I think that was sort of a really, that was, I think that was probably what really touched me, I think, the most, sort of, the big gruff sort of man, like, really just sort of mourning his wife, in a sense, and then sort of having this hope of this last thing being finished, and yeah, her being connected to Carol, and sort of everything sort of being connected. Really really got there, eventually, but, like, when they, when he first started skyping with her, and they were like, hello, I was like, uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't go there so it was fine but right. I, was, I was a little, a little bit con- worried for a second i was yeah. like martha what are you doing oh it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i i did think that the girl who played the uh the girl who played the daughter who gets the dress i thought did a very good job i really liked her i think uh I think her name is Jesse Siso. Jessica Sipos, I think, or S I P O S. However you pronounce that, that's her name. She did a good job, and I really thought it was awfully sweet that she wore the wedding dress to meet her mom. That was very sweet, yeah. I think. And and just before that happened, she was saying, "I it's just too late, too much water under the bridge," kind of a thing. And it was very touching when rita says i know what too late feels like that that was a very emotional moment and i i also thought the lady who played the mother was very strong as well i and you know she she because you could just feel that she was just had all this shame and regret Mm -hmm. and i've always really responded to sort of characters and stories that that have that sort of you can't live life with regret and it, it's just such a horrible way to live. And I, you just felt that in her. I think she did a really good job. And when they say to her, you are strong and are, and you are brave. I, I thought that that was such a lovely moment. And I've, I've had, I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with panic attacks in my life and mm-hmm. it's not like I'm not certainly as severe as other people, but I know what it feels like, I guess, to, uh, to have, a mental illness episode at least I guess that I've had to deal with in my life and I've certainly dealt with depression and other things and so it's a topic that the older I get the more sort of empathetic that I get and I really appreciated uh, we we as a society should not be treating mental illness any different than any other illness like you're I remember one time I went to a therapist and and the therapist said you go to a doctor when your stomach gets sick what's wrong with going to a doctor when your brain gets sick, you know, like, and it's so true. Like, why do we have this stigma? And I just thought they handled it all so lovely. And uh, they didn't, they didn't excuse her. Like she even said, 
you know, I've still got questions. I've still got, you know, things like, it's not like they were like pat on the back. You did a good job, uh, you know, not being there for your daughter, but they were like, you, you made, you, you still are a, you're still a value. And I appreciate right. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What did yeah. You- yeah. And I, I think really part of that comes from Martha realizing that it's not our place to judge anyone else's experience. Yeah. Like our job is to simply love people and encourage them to live their best life. And yeah. so, and that's something that, you know, the postables all do and it's amazing and it's the right answer in every situation. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. very, that's very true. That's very, very true. All right. So, and sometimes we can let things that are so dumb, like affect the way we treat people, which is really sad. So I just really appreciated it. And that reunion I think was very sweet and very well done. And uh, I loved when, uh, when uh, Shane says, I think it was, yeah. Shane says, I love us. And Uh Oliver says, and I love you. That was so good. Oh, but he totally went Mr. Darcy, but like slow-mo Mr. Darcy, where he was like, and I love, I love, I love you. But like slower and Oliver, it was really good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then we got yeah. to the wedding, uh, which was so good. So it was in this barn because there were skunks in this in the church. Like, I don't know why they didn't just plan it. People have weddings and barns all the time. I'm not sure that's, why. I mean, that's honestly the, the plot of half of Hallmark movies is someone trying to have a wedding in a barn. Right. That's the whole Wedding Bells movie. It was all that. Yeah. Totally available to Norman and Maria. It's like, that's obviously your first option. Like, why did you try anything else? Yeah. And I was thinking, like, where were they planning on putting that sign in the church? I guess it was, there's, they had some hall or something maybe in the church, maybe. But the sign was mm-hmm. so cute. Yeah, with the owl. Owl little owls oh, on it. Horribly postal, perfectly postal. It was so cute. And then you had our a guitar player from Higher Ground. Mm-hmm. And I don't so know who close. that lady was with the red hair. She was the one who was like, and here's Hazel. Her name is Jill. Okay. Her name is Jill. And yeah, Hazel, Jill Morrison, Hallmarky Jill Queen. Morrison, yes. Yeah, she was the one who was like, I felt like was kind of doing, remember this, and remember this, and remember this, and remember this, and I was kind of like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and <laughs> it was like, uh, but it was, it was very sweet too, and they, they brought in the blanket, which was very sweet, mm-hmm. and Ramon ends up doing the wedding, which they should have done all along. <laughs> Yeah, for real though he really pulled out all the stops though he dj'd like the bachelor party and like i mean he just really pulled it together he really to- is just sort of the man of all trades like how is oliver not officiating the wedding i was really, very though? confused about that and then i loved that they were like well uh ramon's really officiating but for you at home we're just gonna have oliver do it because it was his voiceover it was amazing yeah that's true oh, i know right point. you like cut in like halfway they sort of like let him start telling their story like their story or whatever sort of on top of like yeah ramon but i think the antagonism between like norman and ramon that has persisted like almost from the minute that they sort of interacted with each other i just love like the juxtaposition of guess what now he's officiating the most important moment of your life like you know what i mean like it's yeah, just yeah. like this real like humorous value to it 
Yeah. yeah. No, it was funny, but also I was kind of like, I can't believe they didn't have all all of our king of speeches do the right. wedding. <laughs> oh, he got his moment though there at the end, so you know yeah. he'll yeah. always get his moment. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, I guess that would have made maybe the tie thing a little bit less of like a boom kind of thing, but I, I get what you're saying. So they, what did we think of Rita's dress? So it's a very unusual dress, but I thought it was kind of cute. It was perky. It was fun. It was different uh, without being ridiculous. It was perfectly normal, but different. So I liked it. Well, what did you think, Amber? Well, like I'm a sucker for tradition, right? Um, yeah. But it was fine. It was sh- like it was a little too short for me but it was like part of the plot so it's fine yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna be like uh i'm mad at you for honoring your dead mom <laughs> like who's gonna say that nobody she has a dead mom pass she can do whatever she wants right i thought it fit her personality pretty good it, yeah well and it, she looked lovely like let's yeah. be honest and the the top of that dress was really beautiful i love the the like lace and the like neckline uh-huh. yeah uh, i was actually expecting something super boho for her so like that was such like to see her in sort of that like more tailored like sort of form-fitting thing was like wait wait a second like that's not what i was expecting but at the end of the day like when i realized sort of why she wore it how she was honoring her mom and doing it how it was sort of you know not the cheap rancher dress that sounded really hideous i won't lie i do wish we had clothing. seen this cheap the sheep dress yeah, yeah i know for real how, how awful it was like it's how she explained it but yeah so this is definitely an upgrade from that but i think i, I don't know at the end of the day so you know just gorgeous and it was a lot of fun and it was kind of fun that there was an owl in the barn that was super cute <laughs> yes there's always someone flying around that thinks you're special that's like from for christmas that's why they have the owl i think sort of yeah. like a call back to that moment then we have all the little fun wedding stuff and then as we've talked about we have our big moment after the wedding with oliver and shane and he says marry me and i'll love you forever which was like perfect that um but i still kind of think he should still love her forever even if she's like no <laughs> just say <laughs> a universe where shane is suddenly falling out of love with all at the time of the proposal mm-hmm. she still love her anyways yeah unconditional love okay <laughs> okay we're gonna test this out so a heart attack that would have caused across multiple nation if she just suddenly decided to say no i mean she was like I can't do this. It's Rita's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Or suddenly she's like, I got like severe cold feet, even about the idea of like touching engagement. That would have just been like traumatic. <gasps> that guy so from the FBI. I love him. Steve, <laughs> Steve. Oh my gosh. Stop. I can't. <laughs> it was so romantic. I loved yeah. it. And then he gives uh, her his grandma's ring, which was mm-hmm. so Oliver. And I yeah. said on Twitter, this is just the best day of my life watching this movie. And uh, and then I loved when she like pulls on his tie and like pulls him up for this like oh, yeah. epic kiss. It was so yes. good. It was like a 10 on the kiss scale. <laughs> oh, but you've seen higher ground though. So like though you've got it, now you've got to yeah. clarify. It's like which kiss was like better? Was it this one or was it higher ground? A little while since I saw higher ground. So I'd have to watch them back to back. He pulled her in. He pulled her in. And I kind of like, like her epic. pulling. Yeah, it was epic. I feel like I like this one better because even the higher ground one, like they were like, oh, kissing. But this one, it was like 
pure like we we know we are both in love and we're in it all the way like it was just like unrestrained yeah. no like no hesitation nice it right was really good I, like explanation. I, Pretty good I liked the way she was like come to me it was so fun i just big yeah fan. it was super fun yeah super fun i like i'm a big fan of both kisses so there you go but rachel's just like let's just have all the kissing rachel would yeah, watch right? like a movie that was just two hours of people kissing <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that but but yeah in general i'm more kissing is, is i'm a big fan so, okay so yeah and then we get our final toast at the end uh to the postables and this again felt really like the end of the series to me i was just like so i was it was super cute but i was super conflicted so that was my only critique of the show is I was just like so many times I was like, I want to feel happy, but I feel sad because this feels like the end. And uh, like, I don't know, it was back and forth, back and forth. Uh, so, but I don't know. I mean, if they really do even feel like a very strong uh, idea or even a small idea that this could be the end, then what are you going to do? Like, how else could they have done it? that would have been any better i don't know but like i'd rather have them do this than have it just like end and not get the resolution i've i've already experienced that with shows like christy and that's the worst so uh you know when you, it's just like you don't get that sense of i don't know so i that's my own that was my only critique of the show of the movie was that i was a little bit like oh ah. i don't know I feel like every movie should be treated like it could be the last unless you know for sure that there's other ones because I don't approve of people leaving me hanging. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I feel like I'm not here for that at all. I just really liked that it was sort of a statement on Oliver's part, sort of when you followed him, you know, from the beginning all the way to the end of like sort of his growth. And I really liked that he compared himself to a letter, like just mm-hmm. sort of like making that connection, that sort of metaphor, like and bringing those two things together. Yeah. That's- so sort of appropriate for his character to sort of be the one to like make that statement when he was the one who sort of had the most I guess to gain overall sort of when you remember what kind of where he was and how kind of locked up he was and now how he opened his heart up to someone for forever you know it just for him to say you know I've been delivered through your faith your love your friendship and I feel like there's sort of a call out to sort of the postables themselves who have been really yeah. coming alongside each other in life and as friends and as family um, sort of do some of the same sort of redemptive and, and um, growth development work. I know there's been plenty of women who come alongside me to sort of do that work, and I just mm-hmm. I just kind of like that for sort of what it was. Even though you know you could go either way of you know, oh it's gonna be the last thing or no it's not the last thing like that just sort of moment a sort of acknowledgement and on yeah. both you know the both sides I think was really really precious and, mm-hmm. and special. It was certainly, whether it's the end or not, it was certainly a big moment worthy of a toast. So you can't really. Absolutely. Yeah. So. You can never begrudge Oliver his toasts. No. no. And they're like, oh, let's have a toast. And then they're like, Oliver, would you, like, who else was going to give that toast? Right. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But I would love, it is true. I would love either to have a. I mean, a Christmas wedding would be super. I would love to have like a Christmas wedding for Shane and Oliver, 
but also like a Valentine's wedding would be really fun because they could work in or Valentine's. like a Winterfest wedding or possibly like a June <laughs> bride's wedding. No, but New Year's Valentine's Eve, guys, New Year's Eve, like that's like what we really oh, need. I feel like that's yeah. like one thing we don't really have at all. Is like sort of that New Year's Eve sort of flip. I feel like you need a New Year's Eve wedding. Yeah, yes, yeah. that could be fun. It, it would be amazing. There. Oh my gosh. And obviously the letter would have like a time crunch. It needed to be delivered by New Year's Eve or else somebody's going to like leave. Yeah. They always have yeah. someone leave. Right. Yeah. Something, something. They'll figure something out. Trust me. <laughs> Martha's got it. I don't know like why I'm yeah, pitching ideas. Totally Martha's got, got it. it. <laughs> she can do just about yeah. anything. Like honestly, in the grand scheme of things, I'm still trying to figure out what this woman cannot do. Amazing. Yesterday it was so touching. She posted on her Twitter. She said something to the effect of, yeah. uh, your mom may have been very flawed, but if she's there, call her. I was like, okay. <laughs> Love you, mom. You know, like it was very touching. After this movie is over. Yeah. yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like yeah. hey mom, right next to me. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, right. yeah. We good. Yeah. <laughs> I think motherhood also I mean she's a yeah mom too I think that's sort of one of her like her greatest things she has a real passion for sort of motherhood and and being a mom and empowering other women and I just think yeah. that she really just has that understanding of what it feels like what it's too late sort of a thing and, and that kind of you know being yeah. able to make that connection where it's too late it's just so important yeah sometimes feel feel that way but you just got to take advantage of every opportunity you have to be with the people you know that you love even if they can be super frustrating and super (laughs) sometimes uh but uh, but yeah it was just really sweet and lovely and i really loved it and yeah so how many crowns would you give this movie amber I would probably give it 4.6 crowns. Okay, good. Seven, 4.7 crowns. 4.7 crowns, good. And uh, Chandel, how many would you give it out of five? Okay, let's say this is a scale of five. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 4.7. Yeah. It's kind of, nothing will ever beat from Paris with love for me. That's like a really hard sell, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the way up there. It was really good. We should do a ranking episode. That might be fun. Uh, but oh, that'd be super cool. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, so yeah, so I think I'll just join the bandwagon train and also give it a four point seven. I think that is honestly the Woo-hoo! first time we've ever had three people on the podcast all give a movie the exact same ranking. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, really? this is an epic moment. <laughs> glad to be a part (laughs) and in my yearly ranking of hallmark movies i currently have this a number one yeah that's right get it possible (laughs) numero uno what's up and i have roadless traveled at nine so okay okay so uh and uh yeah they're just so good so what can you do uh, we'll be grateful for all that we get and hopefully we'll get more please 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 yes please 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 please, 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 please. <laughs> michelle i don't know how many more times i can like write a post that like explicitly states why the show should continue but let my words speak to you renew this show you don't have a reason not to at this point like there's just no reason for you guys to continue to hold out on us because yeah. you know how good the show is you know that it'll continue to be good because that's, you know, because from where Martha gets her inspiration, it's, it's a you know, nonstop flow. You'll never, yeah. be, never be short on what you need. 
honestly, even if uh, it was just like super simple and just like a whole episode of them just kind of being at the letter office and like having fun banter, I <laughs> like totally... make a bottle episode. Of this. I don't watch a bottle right. episode where it's literally them just like trapped in the DLO the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, there yeah. could be like a it's power a outage and they have to stay. Like it could be super cheap. I mean, I guess you got the talent, but they could do it. And uh, yeah, hey. I'd watch it. So many unexplored options. Let's hope that we do get more. But anyway, it was so fun to talk to you, uh, Shandell, about this. This was a great movie. And uh, it was definitely going to be one of the highlights of the summer. How can people find you and your blog and everything like that? You can find me on the internet. Um, you can either, if you're on Twitter, at Alameda Downing, Facebook, Alameda Downing, and then alamedadowningblog.weebly.com. It's probably going to be linked in the comments or somewhere in the description of the video. Uh, but that's where you can find me on the internet. All things find feel delivered all the time. Post a couple times a week, best I can do. So yeah, <laughs> sign up for the mailbox minute and you'll never miss another you know blog post again. So yeah, just come and join the fun. Perfect. And it's like, honestly, like the most in-depth website I've ever seen dedicated to one show. It's like crazy. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. You do a great job. And Thank so make you. sure to, to, to follow Chandel and uh, Amber, where can people find you? As always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter and that's it. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So please check that out. Make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you can leave your reviews on iTunes for the podcast, it really helps people to find us. So we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you can find us on all the major streaming services this weekend. We have the uh the morning show murders second movie so that's gonna be fun hopefully it'll be fun to see and uh yeah so we're excited and uh and uh yeah we got lots of fun stuff going on in the podcast so just make sure you're checking it out and uh, we had our interview with sandy uh Sidhu that uh, posted this week so uh, fun fact really great friends with Kristen low that's right yes. i'm yeah. thinking just that thing <laughs> yes and uh so she was really fun and you get to learn about my love for Bob bali too so it's a really fun interview just let us know what you think of this movie what you thought of it let us know on twitter or in the comment section or wherever and uh, we would love to hear so thanks so much again chandel and we really appreciate it and we will talk to you again soon hopefully all right. Looking forward to it. Okay. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>